self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing we are conversation con artists what's going on people it's your boy mr on point and i am calamity red and we are conversation con artists back for another wonderful fantastic episode you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. M-I-S-T-E-R underscore on point and on TikTok at Eddie B. Talking and soon Eddie B. Eating. <laughs> and I can be found at Red underscore Calamity on Instagram. We're still doing the listener letter portion of the show. So if you have a question, comment, Reddit letter that you would like for us to read on the show, you can send it to the aforementioned uh, social media, or you can send it to our Gmail account, which is conversationconartists at gmail.com, and we got a Reddit letter. We do have a Reddit letter from our boy Colin. Before we do that, I just want to say, as a mental health professional, about Stephen Twitch that died. Mm-hmm. All of y'all who keep saying, he looks so happy in his videos, he was dancing. One of the hallmarks of somebody, once they decide that they're going to take their own life, and I'm not saying this is necessarily his case, they be happy. They're resolved. They start giving away shit. They seem like, you know, everything is great. You know, if you're looking at the people in your life and only think people are going through stuff, if they look like they're going through stuff, you are sadly mistaken. There is no specific look to depression and suicide or all the other. Like, it's just, it's not. So, for everybody that keeps saying that, that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean anything. All of us, to a certain point, hold down things that are going on with us. Like, you go to work, you having trouble at home, you don't go to work and tell people at work that you have trouble. You go to work and you do your job and you seem the same. And so, this is what people who are experiencing depression do as well sometimes. So. It doesn't have a look. Stop thinking that, oh, if somebody seems happy, they must be happy. That's not how that works. Talk to the people in your life. Make a connection to them in a way that will make them want to talk to you. But do not assume just because you see somebody smiling and dancing that they're happy. That's not how that works. I just want to say that. I kept seeing people like, oh, my God, in his videos. Well, yeah, they're TikTok videos. You think he don't get on there and be sad dancing? Like he was putting on for the camera. That doesn't mean anything. Also, what I'll add is this is a condition of the human experience. So there will be another person at some point that we think is fine or think should be fine, who will be struggling, who will take their life. Um, And just know, adding to what Red said, There's a lot of people smiling through pain. There's a lot of people dancing and performing their talents through struggle. And there are a lot of people that we think are okay who are hanging on by a thread. And, you know, another dialogue that comes about that is dicey for me is the check on your strong friends type things. Like check on the friends that you think is good. You have to have cultivated a relationship with those people for checking on them to seem like more than lip service, to seem like more than thoughts and prayers. Yeah. And if you're not cultivating a relationship with somebody like that, if you're just calling them to say, hey, how you doing? You don't want to kill yourself tomorrow, do you? That's <laughs> not yeah. how that, convers- that conversation ain't going to go 
the way you want it to go. That person is still going to be struggling and, and, you know, possibly be in that position. So don't worry about doing the work after. Worry about doing the work before. Yeah. Cultivate relationships with your people. Real and, and, connections with And them. check on the people that you cultivate those relationships with. You know, but... Well, yeah. I just wanted to mention that. Uh, so Did you on. ever watch So You Think You Can Dance? Mm, not really. I saw him on Ellen. I remember him, and I didn't watch Ellen like that, but, like, he would be, he was, like, her DJ, I think, mm-hmm. on the show. Um, and for whatever reason, since he died, my For You pages keep popping up fucking videos of his, from his account. It's not like, you know, I know people are making videos, but his his account videos keep hmm. scrolling up on my For You page. And I was not watching him, and he wasn't popping up before this happened, so I don't know what that's about. I was, uh, I watched the season that he came on to So You Think You Can Dance. And he was good. He just was a good dancer. Um, and um, I didn't even know, like, I didn't even know what he was doing now. I didn't know he was on Ellen and he was doing that stuff. I just know that he might have, like, guest hosted on some show, dancing shows and stuff that I've seen. But I remember him when he first came on the scene dancing and he apparently was from Montgomery. I didn't know that. What is from Montgomery? Had a family and everything. And that... You That's know. another thing that people was getting on my nerves saying, like, oh, how could he leave his kids? What you have to understand is when somebody gets to that point of being suicidal, they think that this is the most selfless thing that they can do. They mm-hmm. don't want to drag the people in their life down with them. They feel like they're a burden. They feel like the people around them would be better off without them. And so in their mind, this is a part of being selfless and helping the people around them because that's how sick they've gotten to. So, like, please stop saying that shit, too. Like, how could he leave his kids? They're so selfish. They don't have a dad. He was not thinking about it in those terms because mentally he was not in that space. So, again... In the mind of the person that commits suicide, it's never about being selfish. They really, truly have gotten to a a place of hopelessness where they just do not feel like they are contributing to whomever, like kids, spouses, bosses, everybody in their life, they feel like they failed or will fail. And so it's not selfish to them. It's selfish to us, but it's not selfish to them. I know somebody who put together Excel spreadsheet on how financially responsible it would be to other people around him for him to not be here. Um, Because people were helping him with money, they were paying his loans, and he said, it'll be better for me to not be here. It'll benefit my family. And the way that I had this conversation, because that's that's not rational thinking. No. And what happens is when depression to that degree takes over your mind where it goes to suicidal ideation it's it's taken over like it's it looked like you saying this stuff but it's the depression speaking mm-hmm. it's telling you that the things are true and you believe it because it looked like you saying it and it looked like you thinking it and you eventually come to believe it which is why it's really important to you know recognize when you're struggling and do what it takes to recover from that struggle versus continuing to spiral down into a place where you're trying to convince yourself that the people in your life will be better without you. You know, because he very well could be um, struggling in my relationship. And if 
I wasn't here. She can just find somebody else to take care of the kids and, you know, they'll be good for the kids. And yeah, they create this whole world without them and how it benefits the world around them. Um, and they just not in the position to think about the trauma that it will cause because very his wife very well may not be able to be in another relationship in her life. Oh, yeah. You know, and imagine him being a good, good partner and a good father to all of those people because he was able to mask it so well on the outside, but he just couldn't handle having to mask it another day on the inside. Yeah. You know, that's, those are struggle things. Those are struggle items, you know? Well, so, so I just wanted to mention that cause I, I you know, I just, every time, and this, every time somebody, you know, Robin Williams probably was the one that, um, really got, because Robin Williams is a comedian. He was so joyful whenever you saw him and then him committing suicide, people couldn't understand it. It's like, that's what I'm saying. That his specific case, because I feel like that was one that like really hit everybody hard. It hit me hard because I love Robin Williams. And um, you just never know. It doesn't have a look. It, it does not look like the person sitting in a dark room crying all the time. That's It doesn't look like that. And so stop looking for just that and don't look for anything just again make real connections with people make a space where they feel like they can talk to you and then that's how you'll know but like if you're just looking for outward signs it don't look like what you think it would and you're gonna miss it every time and so i just wanted to hate to start off on such a (laughs) down note but i just felt like that needed to be said um, because I, you know, every time stuff like this happens, there's so much misinformation or people saying things that just don't make sense in the context of what the reality of a suicidal person looks like. Um, so yeah, rest in peace to him. I hate that his life, he had gotten to a place where he felt like this was the best move. Um, that's always sad for me to see. That is the most absent of hope you can be is in that moment. And it's very sad. Very much so. Rest in peace, Twitch. Yeah. And I hope your family and any fans, I hope y'all recover from that yeah. healthily. Um, but again, I say this is a part of the human condition. It ain't the first. It ain't the last. And that's not to say that it shouldn't hurt because we all have our own affiliations and our own connections and nostalgia with the people that are lost. But I say that to say, I hope you don't suffer from that part of the human condition at some point. And if you do, maybe these words will help you do something different about it. I don't know. You ready to get into the letter? Let's do it. I don't know what Colin is sent, so the transition from what we just talked about to this uh, could be a little bit off. But... (laughs) Whatever. It probably will be. Kind of stay sending some good shit. You know what I'm saying? Am I the asshole for asking my pregnant girlfriend to pay for or replace my meal because she ate all of it? Immediately, yes. Okay. Let's see what <laughs> it is. Because it's such a trivial fucking thing. Unless this was, you know, some cookies that your grandmother made for you right before she died and you can never get them cookies again. Then yes, immediately yes. But let's see. <laughs> I, 
26 male, have been with my girlfriend, 29 female, for going on two years. Before we ever met, she and her sister had been working on her being a surrogate for her sister and her sister's husband. Global things delayed that we talked about her agreement before we got together and now she's pregnant for them. She's staying with them for now, but she comes over to my place frequently to spend time with me when she's free. It's not so bad, but either she raids my kitchen or she complains nothing looks good and wanted me to keep some of her for sure cravings on hand. My parents came to visit me and asked me if I wanted them to pick anything up for me on their way. They had to pass one of our favorite restaurants to get here, so I said yes. They showed up. We visited with each other. I ate a little bit of what they bought me since I wasn't really hungry yet and put the rest in the fridge for dinner that night. My girlfriend wound up coming over for a bit after they left. She got hungry and wanted a snack and came out with the container I put um, my leftovers in and goes, can I have some of this? I told her yes. She came back with a plate and didn't take some of it. She took all of it and put all kinds of shit on it so we couldn't even share. I told her that I said she could have some and she just ate all of what I intended to have for dinner. So I asked her to either send me money to pay for it so I can go get some for myself or she could make the driving, um, get me another order. She didn't want to drive that far and she didn't think she'd have to pay me anything. I told her she should because it would just be nice of her to do since I get she's craving, but it's not like she's pregnant with my kid or we live together. She left at that point, left half the food uneaten, and I couldn't eat it because of what she put on it. A couple of hours later, my mother called. My girlfriend texted her about what happened. My mom gave me an earful about how I have no idea what it's like for my girlfriend right now, and I need to be supportive and let things go. So I was with him up to a point. <laughs> I was but with you up to a point. She ain't pregnant with his kid. I think I, I he lost me a little bit before that. <laughs> he lost me a little bit. He did lose me at send me the money to pay. Really? But he really, I, but I still have some sympathy for the sentiment because snap reaction, snap yeah. reaction, you know, you know, pay me or whatever, you know, <laughs> and maybe some time to think he would have been like, you know, that's cool. But then when she said, nah, bro, and then he was like, well, that ain't my baby. Oh, bro, you fucked up. Because fucked what up. he, in saying that, oh, it's not like she's pregnant with my kid, is that if she were pregnant with your kid, this wouldn't be a problem. So this isn't a problem just because it's a problem. It's a problem because the kid she's carrying is yours. And this would have been behavior, maybe not that would have been acceptable, but that you would have just kind of taken on the chin if it was your child. So, yeah. You're an asshole, dude. Like, and you expect her pregnant to go drive a distance to a restaurant and get you some more food. It's just, I get it. You know, I've had people eat my food that I was, like, looking forward to. So I can sympathize because that is very irritating and it makes you want to choke a motherfucker out. Okay, if I got my mouth set and have decided I'm going to warm this up and eat this shit, it's going to be fire. And then you go in there and it's gone because the motherfucker eats shit. You do get upset. But like, sir. I was I was willing to both of y'all, uh, both of them were assholes until he said that shit about being pregnant, right? <laughs> um, Because what that got to do with it, if yeah. she wasn't pregnant and she did that to you, bro, like, you still have the same problem. You'd still be asking her to pay for my food. The, the pregnant part don't have nothing to do with it. You just kind of hit her with a sneak disc. And now you jeopardize your relationship because she talked yeah. about this at the very beginning of the relationship. You said you were okay with it. And now you're using it as leverage against things that you don't like that she does. 
especially okay the food is provide, providing sustenance for the child so i guess because this is correlated with something that the child gets or cravings that you have because of you being pregnant that's why he correlates that but you don't do that bro no you agree with the shit yeah this is gonna be a problem for you should have said no she was up front in the beginning you could have been like no nah, that's too much for me i don't want to be involved with that and you could have just went on about your merry fucking business you have to stay if it's gonna be a problem also if i ain't learned nothing else from my childhood you don't let another motherfucker control how much of something that belongs to you that you give them you don't do oh, that yeah. You go tell her, well, I'll go, I'll go split up the meal that I have in the refrigerator. You know, if somebody asks you for some M&M's, don't hand them the pack. <laughs> ask them to hold their fucking hands out. <laughs> like, that's, you don't hand people the pack. Because the level of trust, listen, that's, that's a high level of trust. That's a high, high level of trust. Like, the same, the same level of trust that you would need to have unprotected sex with somebody. That's the same kind of trust you need to have when you get if you give somebody the whole pack of candy and tell them get some. That's high level trust right there. Because what if they take too many of your M and M's? What yeah. if they clumsy and they waste half of your damn bag on the ground? Is is it the kind of person that's gonna now say I fucked up half of your bag? I lost my opportunity to get some, or they gonna drop half of your shit and still get some because they wanted some? Hell no! You done forfeited your chance to have my shit because you fucked it up. <laughs> See, that's what I need my friends to understand. The, the kind of trust that I need to hand somebody the M&M pack, the kind of trust that I need is that they need to know me enough to know, oh, no, I fucked up. I ain't getting no M&Ms today. <laughs> you can't follow that up with, oh, shit, I, I'm sorry I wasted half of your bag of M&Ms and then still pull yourself some. We don't know each other very well in that situation. You know? So my advice is... You shouldn't have let her damn fix her own fucking plate. No way. It's your favorite meal from your mama. What if she, and what if she did leave you half? But what if she leave you, left you the half that was trash? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what your meal is, but what if it was a steak and she cut half of it and left you the half that you didn't like? What if it was like a pasta that had like a bunch of different meats and vegetables in it and she took all the vegetables, but you like the crunch that the vegetables give the pasta? <laughs> You should have never trusted her. To, you don't trust nobody to fix your fix, fix your plate. Never. Unless it's sushi. <laughs> and, and let's be real. This before he's the asshole in this situation. But when I was with him, my input was gonna be if you have been blessed with the opportunity to fix your own food or thing by somebody, one, you would never take more than half. If a motherfucker got six pieces of sushi, who are you to think you can get four of them bitches? <laughs> three at the most. You do not get more than three. But three is even uncourteous. In that scenario, the best thing to do is get two. The best thing to do, that's the respectful thing to do to your partner. Unless, again, if you and that person share a relationship in which health is a part of your foundational relationship, right? Which that is something that has to be established in a relationship. You get half. You know what I'm saying? Again, like if I buy a sneaker bar that I like and my partner, 
the person that I love, the person that I'm intimate with, the person that I care for, if my partner say, can I have some of that? Health is not a consideration. <laughs> you could have got one of these. <laughs> health is not a consideration. If I buy an entree that I like and they buy an entree that they like and they want some of mine, you can't have half of that. You can have some of that. So again, I'm talking about the arrangement in a relationship of how much your partner gets. Health should not be a consideration. So maybe in their relationship, health has happened before. I wouldn't, I wouldn't posit that it has because I guess we wouldn't know because she took the whole fucking thing. She took the whole thing. But anyway, the courteous thing to do, y'all, is to leave your partner with more than health. The courteous thing to do, y'all, is assess what are the most valuable parts of the entree of the dish. Meat is going to be the most valuable. Vegetables and starches is going to be the second most valuable. Third is going to be the vegetables. And if it's all mixed up, you need to make sure that shit equal. But one thing you do not do, don't eat a whole plate of somebody's food. Like, that shit was in a to-go box. It had a little bit of bites took out of it. Like, somebody bought this for themselves and put it away. Don't be disrespectful in that regard. <laughs> Have some courtesy. There's rules to all this shit, y'all. Yeah. Whether y'all know it or not. That's why motherfuckers with social issues, that's why they be fucking up. You know what I'm saying? Here, have some M&Ms. Okay, thank you. And they just keep the bag and just walk away. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> I said some. <laughs> you have to explain and communicate these things in this social environment. But that's why I like reading these ready letters because it brings up conversations that you probably never would have had. Like, <laughs> had this conversation. I done told you before that one of my pet, pet peeves is a partner that feel entitled to my food. Oh, yeah. And I don't mean in the sense that if I order something, they'd be like, hey, can I have some? Oh, I love that. That's great. You want to try something I ordered? I want you to like my shit more than you like your shit. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? But somebody who just reach over into my plate and get my oh, okay. shit. Okay, you can't do that. That's rude. Hell no. Gotta you ask. know, hell no. I don't like that. But that's, a, that's like relationship rules. Like, you got to cut that off early. Anyway, that was, I feel like, a soapbox about something. <laughs> that was like Seinfeld-ish type shit. Like, <laughs> Eddie, you be going on rants about, like, shit that don't matter that much. <laughs> so about nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, let, let's get to some potential toxic masculinity. <laughs> oh, shit. So this one is, you know, I pick ones that have been identified by Redditors to be assholes. The title of this one is, am I the asshole for telling my friend to man up or not come to my wedding? And I just, that whole, like, what would he need to man up about at your wedding? <laughs> it's a wedding. What do you? Let's see. What what can we think about? Um, Maybe he's the kind of guy that would cry at a wedding. But you care if he's crying. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out ways that it could be toxic masculinity and why you would tell somebody to man up Coming at to a wedding. Maybe he's trying to get him to talk to one of the women because he's single. Okay, maybe. 
And look, bro, my her bridesmaids, three of them single, choose one, talk to a man up, motherfucker. Like, could be that. Yeah. Oh, bachelor party. Bachelor party shit might have a dude who don't want to go be around naked women, don't want to go to the strip club. Okay. And he's telling them, this is my last outing, bro. Man, up. You coming to this shit. Yeah. These are the ways I could conceptualize it potentially being a situation where somebody whose wedding you're going to, they would tell you to man up. But let's see what they time by. Let's see. All right. So the writer is 31 and his friend is 30. And his I guess this is Beyonce's 31. They're all in there, or like 30, 31. 30 years I, old. Woke yeah. up with them knees feeling weird. <laughs> Context. Me and Taylor have been best friends since forever. We were school buddies, college friends. My parents love him. We vacationed together many times. Taylor is a very affectionate person, kind, thoughtful guy. Three years ago, me and Ann started dating, and now I'm pretty sure she's the love of my life. Brilliant woman all around. We're getting married next January. The conflict. After a long and thoughtful conversation, my fiance voiced her concerns about inviting Taylor to our wedding. Basically, she had two main reasons for asking him that. One, dress code. Taylor is a 30-year-old punk. He wore a dress to our prom, you know, that kind of guy. Two, Taylor is dating a guy, which is not the problem, but his partner is also very flamboyant. Was that still a... Anne wants a very minimalistic, quiet, calm wedding because she struggles with anxiety and ADHD. So that was her request. I talked to Taylor the next day and I told her about Anne's concerns. Tay said, do you think I'm going to show up in a white dress? And laughed about it. But I told him he needed to promise he would respect the dress code. Black tuxedo for the guys. That was the code. I got a little caught in the moment, so maybe I was harsher than I should have been. I told him to man up and act his age I said some stupid stuff like people laugh about you. You want to be a joke? Damn, dude. Like He said, sure, no problem. And the next day he declined the online invitation. He keeps telling me we're good and everything is okay, but the situation is bothering me. I love Tay, but I know he can be difficult. My group chat with my family is burning because they don't understand why he would not be there. And our friend's group chat is dead since the news dropped. Am I the asshole? A hundred and ten thousand percent. You went about this shit all wrong. <laughs> and this is a man you've been friends with your whole life, and you didn't know better than to go at him like this. Like, you wanted him to wear a tuxedo. Like, it, it, the fact of the matter is, when you agree to be in somebody's wedding, you agree to wear whatever the fuck. I was a, a maid of honor. I did not like my dress. It ain't my wedding. This was the dress that she picked. I agreed to be in the wedding, so I just wore the fucking dress. That's how that goes, right? And so, one, you don't think that very very much of him as your friend for you to think that if you requested this and I just basically, hey, dude, you know, we need to wear the tux, that he would have just done it. And you talking about it's not a problem that he's with a man. There's not a problem that he's gay. But, like, you talk hella shit about them. Like, they so flamboyant and loud and just all like, damn, is he your friend? Because <laughs> it doesn't sound like it. I would have declined that shit too. You came in here telling him to man up about he uh, he said he wasn't gonna he was gonna wear it and then you just went in on him anyway. Fuck you and your wedding and your fiance. I ain't coming to that shit either. 
And then, first off, several things. I always be floored about how people don't recognize the possibility that they the asshole in this situation. <laughs> to ask this question, you think that you're justified. And that floors me all the time. But he said Taylor is a 30-year-old punk. Not punk rocker. No. <laughs> not emo <laughs> punk. But the kind of punk where like an old 70-year-old black man would call a dude who is gay. <laughs> punk in that term is elder derogatory. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, this is homophobia. Um, not necessarily toxic masculinity. Um, well, the man up. I didn't know what the situation was going to yeah, be. Yeah, the man, the man up. The man up is literally don't wear a dress. <laughs> That's what he's saying. Man up is saying don't wear a dress. Because what? You know what I'm saying? Why? Why yeah. use the terminology man up? Right? Because because man up doesn't just apply to the moment. Man up applies to your existence when you say it like that. Man up, you're saying people are laughing at you. He started to talk about your life, not just this moment. Because let's be real. First off, you'd have to feel like your friend is disrespectful enough of you and your partner to come to the wedding in a fucking dress. Right? And even if they were going to come to the wedding in a dress, there were ways that you could have communicated to him that you would really like for him to wear a, a tuxedo. Like, was he going to be in the wedding party? I don't think so. That's what I was going back to see. Because I'm like, if he's going to be in a wedding party, you wear whatever the part, like, it ain't even uh, up to you. You wear exactly. whatever's chosen. But it doesn't sound like he was going to be in the wedding i think he was just invited to the wedding is what i'm getting i'm reading back through it just to make sure but well i don't know do people expect do people expect that the people that come to their wedding like the people in the audience are gonna have fucking tuxedos because he's that black tuxedo I... for the guy that don't that do it... sound like he gonna be in the wedding and if he's going to be in a wedding party, why would you think that he would wear something other than what you've chosen for them? And if he's not in a wedding party, why does it make a difference to you that somebody going to walk in at the back and sit down with everybody else? What they got on? You're it's, telling him to man up, act his age, people laugh about you, you want to be a joke. Like, what? Like, you think his homosexuality is a phase. And you think that him wearing dresses is some kind of performance. You're 100% the asshole, bro. Like, ain't, ain't no way around not being an asshole. Terrible friend to this man this entire time. Like, this conversation, this these activities make me feel like you've probably been a shit-ass friend to him the whole time that y'all have supposedly been friends. Because you saying people laughing at him, and you probably were right there along with them laughing and making jokes when he was not around. Like, you just seem like that kind of fucking person, based off of this. Because this is so extreme. If, yeah, because if he's in the wedding, anybody in, that's ever been in a wedding, or even if you ain't been in a wedding, if you didn't attend a wedding, everybody up front got the same fucking thing on. 
Those are the, the the bride picks the dresses, the groom picks the tuxedos or whatever for the for the men in his party. You wear whatever the thing is. So if he's in it, he's not going to show up in a dress. He's going to show up in whatever the fuck y'all go get fitted to wear. And again, that lets me know that you don't think very much of him in general, either that you think he would even do that to you. And he 30, my dude, like at his age, this is who he is. He's comfortable enough in this that he's been doing this his entire life that since you've known him. He not only has been doing he found a partner who's comfortable with who he is and is similar to him. This is not a, him needing to grow up. This is who he is. You need to grow up and be more accepting of your friends or maybe y'all don't need to be friends. Again, I don't, I'm not even convinced that y'all were ever friends, to be honest. Because you don't sound like no friend that I want to have. <laughs> because damn. Like, again, it, that, you're not the asshole for, for just talking with him and reiterating what, the, what you needed him to wear. You just start attacking him personally and just like making him, trying to make him feel bad. And it wasn't necessary. It wasn't necessary at all. You douche. <laughs> like, why would you do that? Ugh. Yes, you're the asshole. Let's see what the people said. Uh, you're the asshole. This could have been a really easy. Hey, it's important to my fiance that everyone respects the dress code. Telling him to man up, act his age, people laugh about you is beyond rude and mean. It's cool. If I was Taylor, I wouldn't attend your wedding either. You need to apologize and take responsibility for being a prick if you if you have any chance of maintaining this friendship. Though I don't know why Taylor would want to. <laughs> Hundred percent. This you, the asshole. You screwed the pooch on how you handled this one. You should have stood up for your best friend. At the very least, change your delivery. Man up. What the hell is that? You and your fiance deserve each other with this crap. I don't know that, sir. Sir, terrible, terrible. I wouldn't come to you with and like you. You're and it's still it, even in the end, it sounds like he's more concerned about him having to answer questions to people than the guy actually being upset. Like, now my family asking why he not gonna come to group chat mad. At, like, you're more upset about those things than the fact that you fucked your friendship up. <laughs> Which, again, lets me know what a shit-ass friend you probably have been to him this entire time. It's ridiculous and sad. So fuck you, sir. <laughs> Yeah. Bitch ass nigga. Um, what? That doesn't even have anything to do with this. <laughs> Why would you even say that? This didn't even fit in that <laughs> situation. That's wow. <sighs> All right. Uh you can choose from these four. Okay. Am I the asshole for sharing my salary at dinner and making my uh, sister in law cry? Why would you share? <laughs> okay. Am I the asshole for not eating the birthday cake my husband bought four years ago? Am I the asshole for not trying to convince my parents to treat all of their grandparent grandchildren equally? Your kid must be the one getting the preferential treatment. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Haven't read it. Oh, man. <laughs> Why would you be sharing your salary at dinner? <laughs> what kind of... And why would somebody cry from your salary? 
It has to be the context in which you what's do I want to know what why he was it's sharing. gotta be you make a lot of money and somebody struggling and they they frustrated because of it. But why would I wanna know why you would say it? Like Listen. Salary isn't something that you just talk about. Just, like people don't just sit around and talk about like I make hundred fifty thousand dollars. And this shit is why. This shit yeah. is why. <laughs> All right. Tonight, my fiance, twenty six male, and I, twenty six female, were at a dinner with his family. He. Um, did you hear something? Did you hear that? Yeah, I don't know what it was. It was weird. Drop out. Okay. Tonight, my fiance, 26-year-old male, and I, 26-year-old female, were at dinner with his family. Oh, so she's a female that's doing this, too. Okay. Yeah. He has a younger brother, 18-year-old male, and an older sister, 29-year-old female, who I refer to as my sister-in-law just because it's simpler. I've been working as a product manager at a big tech company since I got out of college five years ago. My salary has steadily climbed in the last couple of years, so now I'm making a very large amount. However, I'm a big proponent of salary transparency especially as a woman in a male-dominated field. I've helped multiple people who were being underpaid negotiate higher salaries after sharing my salary history. I've also helped many younger college students who are looking to go into the industry by sharing my salary. So this evening, we were discussing the tech industry and how it's become such a popular field to go into. Both me and my fiance work in tech, so we were offering our input from our own roles. My fiance's little brother is planning on studying computer science in college, so he asked me rather abruptly how much I make as a, a PM. Since I believe in salary transparency, I went ahead and said, well, after I got promoted to being a senior product manager a few months ago, my current salary is about 300000 After I said that, my fiance's brother said, holy shit, really loudly, and then congratulated me and called me impressive. I thanked him and told him I'd be happy to help him when he starts looking for internships and jobs in college. However, then all of a sudden, my sister-in-law starts sniffling, and I look at her, and she's wiping tears from her face. My future mother-in-law starts to comfort her and is whispering something, and the whole table goes silent. I immediately apologize and ask what's wrong, and she said, it's just fucking hard seeing people make that much when I make $15 an hour working my ass off 50 hours a week. She also said after that, some people do really get everything, huh? And then glared at me and kept crying. Then she excused herself to the bathroom, and my mother-in-law followed. Here's my sister-in-law situation. She's currently a single mom and is pregnant with her second. She's working a minimum wage job to support her kid. I'm very empathetic to her situation, and my fiance and I have extended a helping hand multiple times, babysitting, buying her child toys, uh, other gifts, necessities, sending money and supplies, etc. Since the incident, she hasn't spoken to me. She actually ended up just walking out from dinner with my future mother-in-law and leaving the rest of us at the restaurant. My mother-in-law did text me and told me that I acted insensitively and should have given my sister-in-law a sincere apology. My fiance is on my side and believes her sister was the one who acted rudely. See, I would apologize, but I think she owes me an apology, too. Am I the asshole here? Hmm. Okay. I feel differently now uh, because it was a question that was asked to her directly. It wasn't her just being like, so guess what, guys? <laughs> $300,000. I, I mean, okay. And she has a solid foundation of why she communicates she... to people what women make. I mean, this was just your sister-in-law being overly sensitive to her own situation and her own life choices. Like, you know, it's again, if you had just sat down and just started bragging about shit, then I might have felt differently. But this was a question that was asked to you directly by a kid who's trying to go into the field that you're in. Lying to him would have been a disservice and unnecessary just to save her fucking feelings. Like, bro. Um. So, no, 
I don't think she was an asshole. I think that, and I don't necessarily think that the sister-in-law is an asshole. I think that she is somebody that is struggling and this is just an easy way for her to project that <laughs> frustration onto somebody in a moment. I know I said that the sister-in-law is an asshole either because like, I, you know, I can't imagine. I've struggled with just me. I can't imagine struggling with a child. But also, if you're struggling with a kid, don't have another fucking child. That shit boggles my mind when people do that shit, bro. Like, what you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Don't do that. I Don't won't call that. her an asshole either, but I will call her spoiled and entitled. Yeah. Like, I mean, they've been doing stuff for you. Like, yeah. imagine not having them to babysit. Imagine not having them to help buy yeah. gifts and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? In my mind, I'd be like, oh, I can get babysitting. I can get some more Christmas toys. Like, yeah. you know, nurture a relationship where that 300000 can work for you, goddammit. Yeah. You fucking up the bag. You, made you are fumbling the bag on your own hypersensitivity about your conditions. Come on now. Level up. Ask her at this point in my life, what can I do to get where you at? Can I get into the tech industry? There are a whole bunch of programs right now that's helping women get into the tech industry. You know, if you black, especially, especially they trying to get black women. Is she going to keep having fucking kids that's going to make it difficult for her to do that? It don't matter. Her life choices. If you don't want to make $15 until you die and you don't want to be fucking having a fit every time somebody around you say that they make a certain amount of money, because what that's a threshold. There's a threshold. Like, okay, she happened to say $300,000, but she could probably say $90,000. It would have been the same way. She would have got upset. Yeah, she might have been able to say $50,000 and it would have been the same way. Yeah. $15 an hour, $50 a week. I don't know how much that is. It's got to be moving up into the $30,000 range. Let's see. Well, if she sure. working that 10 extra hours for that overtime every week, then yeah. That Just, 10 extra hours going to make it like $22.50 an hour, right? Something around there? It's $31,000. $31,000, yeah. That, like, that range, she could have said $60,000 or $70,000. It didn't have to be all that exorbitant. When you're hyper fixated on your conditions, anything that looked better than you going to be triggering. But it's not anybody else outside of your fault that that's the situation and it's crazy and why, why, when i say spoiled and entitled it's because of the mama's response because of the mama's response is just to coddle her daughter for an irrational she response about her she's so she's struggling so bad and whose fault is that i asked i answered a question i honestly answered a question that was directed to me by somebody that would benefit from knowing what his potential could be within this field that he's going into. I'm not going to lie to him just to save her feelings because I don't, why would this even hurt her feelings? <laughs> Yo, why would you conceptualize that it may hurt somebody's feelings around you? You wouldn't. You no. wouldn't conceptualize that it would hurt, hurt somebody's feelings around you. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. So, yeah. I mean, you know. You're not the asshole. And again, I'm not going to say this. I, I think this is a response of the, the situation she finds herself in. But entitled and spoiled 100%. And it ain't going to get no better. You know, it don't sound like this new dad finna be involved either. Like, stop. Look, I, you know, I, I'm still about this baby shit. Look, Nick Cannon mad. He came out and was talking about how difficult it is for him to be in his kids' lives. 
and got mad at Lil Duval as he said something. There was a whole back and forth with that. But he, in an interview, was talking about how difficult it is and how bad he feels that he isn't as involved. And he can't be. He will never be. He's too many fucking he on 12. He's not going to be there. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Monetarily, sure. Time, absolutely not. It's just not possible. So he going to continue to feel that. He going to probably continue to have kids. So, like, you don't feel that bad. You creating a wider problem for your fucking self. Make better choices, people. And don't get mad when people, other people make different choices that way. Because you also, that that comment that she made about, like, some people get it all. Don't do that. Do not diminish the work that she put into them five years for her to get to the salary that she got to. That's rude as fuck. You're not going to diminish somebody's work ethic just because they made different decisions that worked out for them than the decisions that you made. You How dare you? Even fix your mouth to say some people get it all. She worked for it. She went handed that shit. <laughs> she went to school and she grinded for five years to get to that level. As a woman, that she grinded. She did a lot. That was not given to her. So fuck you for that comment too. Because girl, what? No. Absolutely not. Hey, when people don't be diminishing people's accomplishments just because you made it. Like, don't do that. It's already hard enough out here. Don't don't do that. Cause you made it. That part was assholeish. That comment, like, girl, bro. Very much so. I wouldn't uh, apologize. Hell no. I'm not for what I didn't do anything wrong. I'm not in the business of now. Talking. I wouldn't. I wouldn't ask for an apology either. Oh yeah, I, I make three hundred thousand dollars. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? That's me talking from the lens of a person that don't make no damn money. So you know, <laughs> she probably don't think like that. But you know, I want to ask for an apology. I'd be empathetic to her experience. Um, you asking for an apology in this whole situation means that this is an apology you're asking for out of principle, not out of like it really making sense. It's like you did something to me, so I need something from you. You know, you made me uncomfortable like that. Yeah. You did it to me, I did it to the type of shit. I don't like that. I won't ask for an apology. I just really be empathetic to the situation still. I understand why she had that kind of out backlash, but I would communicate to mother-in-law, listen, your son asked me a question. I answered the question. What I was hoping to do was give him an optimistic view of the tech industry, like that he can go into it and make some money by being transparent. Not only was I doing that for him, but because it's a male-dominated field, I speak openly about how much I make because there are a lot of people being underpaid in these industries and having that conversation with your son may be the reason that he goes into this field uh, advocating for women. Having this relationship with me may benefit him. And I'm sorry that your daughter caught astray, but it is what it is. You can blame your son. Don't blame me. And that's when I get into the petty shit. Don't blame me for her catching that stray. She should have covered her motherfucking ears when we was talking about working salaries and shit. When he asked that question, you should have said, honey, cover your ears. I want to protect you from the world. You know, I don't want you to hear the things that could make you upset because, you know, we know you're struggling and we know you don't make the amount of money you want. And when you hear how much other people making it significantly more than you, we know how you struggle with that. So cover your ears, honey. She could have did that shit when the son asked the question. You know what I'm saying? But after the fact, 
saying that it's your fault for making this amount of money and then saying it out loud. How dare you hurt my daughter and be so insensitive? Now, I wouldn't say this because I'm a man, but I'm saying this as her. Fuck that bitch. <laughs> Accurate. Sorry. Accurate. Um, I'm going to do this one because, so, I, you know, I, can't, I haven't read it, but the first line he said, his friends told him that he should write to read it to get some insight. <laughs> so I feel like they sent him to get annihilated. <laughs> I think, yeah, you'll have a friend that'll tell you something. You'd be like, that's fucked up. You should have did this shit. And they want to go back and forth with you. So then you're just like, okay, you know what? Go, go, go tell the internet, see what they say. You don't believe us. Go, go and, and present this to other people and see. And just sit him in there to get massacred is what I feel like this is about to be. Am I the asshole for calling my girlfriend needy for making idiotic questions? All of this sound terrible, sir. All of this sound terrible. <laughs> and I'm surprised that you still have a girlfriend after that because I wish a motherfucker would. I, I wish, wish you would. would. Bitch, I wish you would ever try and test my nuts. <laughs> Bitch, I wish you would. Oh, punk ass. Monk ass. I wish you would. <laughs> the fuck is that? That's a song. Whose song is that? I don't even remember. It's an old song? Oh, absolutely old song. Um, don't that sound like some old yin yang? Yeah, yeah, dude. Maybe Bone Crusher? Huh. Oh, okay, maybe. I, maybe. Mm, I gotta put it in. Whenever here. I think of Bone Crusher, I love that. So I'm outside of the club. <laughs> think of so I go. Uh, why you find it? I'm gonna go ahead and throw it in this. You know what? I I was doing that like you definitely knew what it was. <laughs> so I feel yeah. stupid. <laughs> Apparently, it's somebody named Shawty Pimp. Oh, you know. <laughs> Shawty Pimp. <laughs> no idea who that is. No clue. Haven't heard that song. I might be wrong. Okay, go do your thing. Okay. <laughs> All right, am I the asshole for calling my girlfriend needy for bigger idiotic questions? I don't feel like I am, but some friends told me I should write this here to get some insight. He put insight in quotation marks. So he's 23, his girlfriend's 22. I've been with my girlfriend for two and a half years. She's amazing, funny, and beautiful, but she got a big problem. She just can't stop talking. She's always talking about any and everything. And, but what really gets on my nerves are the hypothetical questions. If we had a cat and a kid, and the cat needed to go to the vet, but the only extra money we have is going to buy our kid a birthday present, what would you do? If our kid got switched at birth, but we only discovered after, what would you do? If you discovered that you only got seven days left, <laughs> what would you do? <laughs> Just random and annoying questions that she wants to have lengthy conversations about. She even has a book that has a bunch of these useless questions. She loves this shit. Even worse, sometimes we fight about these things that never happen to us. Like, come on. Well, last week I snapped. I just wanted to have a good time with my girl. And she asked, what would I do if all the internet and phones stopped working out of nowhere and nobody knew what was happening? 
And I just said I would be happy that I would be able to have time off from her needy questions. Always needed me to say I would look out for her. I was just annoyed and wanted her to stop. She just said my wish was granted and left because of a simple comment. Maybe I was a bit harsh, but come on. I just wanted a night off and said something unnecessary. She stopped the questions, but is also kind of cold with me. And my friends keep insisting I got to apologize, but I don't see why. Finally, she stopped bugging me. I just want her to go back to her normal self now. Her normal self is the question. <laughs> yeah, what the... How you gonna say? <laughs> what is her normal self from your perspective? <laughs> that is her normal self. You told her to stop being that, and she did. And now you're like, I just want you to go back to being normal. Bitch, what? <laughs> Are you crazy? <laughs> now, look, okay, that would get on my nerves. It would. I don't, especially, like, really nonsensical, like, if we had a kid that got switched at birth, we felt like, what do you, what? Why would I, like, I don't care. Why would I even think about it? <laughs> what? what? Like, say that again. One of the questions she said was, uh, if I, if we had a kid that was switched at birth, but we didn't find out till later, what would you do? <laughs> See, there's a very specific way you got to handle that shit, right? <laughs> you can't handle it by saying, don't ask me these questions. That's the person's nature. You got to terrify them into stop asking you questions. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to scare them a little bit. <laughs> you got to be like, what? So it ain't our baby? Choke that motherfucker till the bubble stop. <laughs> Leave them like, huh? Are you serious? <laughs> of course not. Of course not. We go to the house. You know what I'm saying? Like, you gotta, you gotta scare them out of that shit. When people ask weird ass questions and you don't like the weird questions, you gotta get weird ass answers. <laughs> you gotta get weird answers, man. They gonna at some point they gonna be like, I ain't gonna ask him this shit. This shit is it's a waste of time. It's gonna terrify me. Or he gonna get really, really deep and really, really technical. <laughs> what? So, so well, let's talk about the philosophy of life. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because is it more significant that the child belongs to you, or is it more significant that you've had the beauty of experiencing parenthood oh, through God. taking a life from its very small young age up to? You know what I'm saying? I bet she'll stop asking them motherfucking questions then. Because Jesus, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think I say he an asshole. I think he got mad in a moment and said, now you definitely need to apologize. Like, if you say some shit in a moment that's fucked up, you do need to apologize. Now, there are better ways for you to explain to her, like, yo, the questions, though. Like, <laughs> like it's a lot. Like, I shouldn't have said that about you being needy. That was not the right way for me to present that to you. However, the questions it drives me nuts like there's a way for you to so i'm not gonna say he was an asshole i think he got mad in a moment and got frustrated with a behavior that's like i, I would have got frustrated too and i might have said some shit that i would have had to people mistakenly think that apologizing means that you're saying that you were wrong yeah and i, I think that's why parents don't be apologizing to kids yeah. But you can be right in what you were trying to convey, but you could have conveyed it in a way that does warrant you acknowledging that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. a lot of people don't think of it like that. Yeah. He should apologize for what he said and the way he said it. And but and like this is what I was trying to. Like I in the moment I was mad, the questions 
drive me crazy. <laughs> and sometimes I just want to spend, like, enjoy spending time with you and not do these hypothetical situations. And that was one of those moments where I just wanted to enjoy the time with you. And you asked me that question and I got very frustrated and I definitely shouldn't have said that to you. I don't think that you're a needy person because that ain't even being needy. Needy wasn't even the right word. That's how I know you was just mad because you was just saying shit. She's not needy because she's asking you questions, hypothetical questions. It's annoying, but like needy, that's, she probably asked everybody in her life these stupid ass questions too. I highly doubt that. Is she the kind of person that likes to think about these like uh, hypotheticals? She ain't just asking them to you. That's so needy doesn't even fit. Okay. You're not an asshole. You said something that you shouldn't have said. You do need to apologize and you need to have a conversation about what's really going on and what's really bothering you. Now, one thing that you're going to have to accept is that this is a part of her personality. That doesn't mean that it can't a compromise. Relationships are all about compromise. But, like, she's going to ask you hypotheticals. <laughs> she's not going to not ever ask you another hypothetical again. Even right now, she's mad at you, so she's, like, doing this in this moment. But if her nature is to ask these questions and to wonder about these, she sounds like a high-ass person, but ain't high. She asks high questions. She has weed bakes questions without smoking the ganja. <laughs> and again, and again, I've been around a lot of high people. I've never been high. I've been around a lot of high people. You know how to make high people stop asking questions around you? Start having conversations that they feel like going to blow their high. They don't want that. <laughs> it fuck them up every time. They're going to stop asking questions around Eddie, goddamn, because Eddie, don't, Eddie be going into philosophical shit and he be fucking my high up. I don't want to be talking to Eddie when I'm high. Because <laughs> that shit is annoying. I don't shut up and just enjoy being high. And stop asking me these stupid fucking questions. So, like, I get the annoyance. I would be annoyed, too. Um, And it doesn't sound like this is something that you normally do with her. Y'all relationships have been going well. Like I said, it just sounds like in a moment you said some shit you shouldn't have said. You do need to apologize. But you also need to have a conversation about with her about what's actually the issue is in a way that isn't you insulting her. <laughs> but I get it. That shit will drive me crazy. Shut the fuck up. What are you even talking about? If we had a kid and a cat and the cat needed to go to the vet and we had to, but the, it was our kids. But what are you, is life not hard enough for you? Do you know we got real hard ass questions we have to ask on a daily basis? Like, shut the fuck up. I don't know what I would do, and I'm not going to think about it until I have to. <laughs> See, my tactic is different. My tactic is what is the issue that we're taking the cat to the vet for? Is this a routine checkup, or is there some <laughs> something that's life threatening for the cat? Because if it's life threatening, we can just drown the cat in a bucket of water right now. Nice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If it's a routine checkup, then we can just reschedule the routine checkup. But it's some, if it's some shit that maybe be finna cost money and the cat gonna die, we should probably just like put the cat out of his misery. <laughs> and then it's like they gonna be sitting there like question mark over their head, like, huh? And be like, I'm just joking. And then just never follow up with it. They gonna be like, just make sure they don't know what they gonna get from you when you answer the question. Make sure. They don't know what they're going to get from you when they answer the question. If they know they're going to get, why you always asking you questions? Why you always bringing it up? They might like that kind of relationship resistance. They might see that as some playful, witty banter. But when you talk about drowning cats in a bucket of water, <laughs> that shit don't hit the same. It, it ain't witty banter no more. It's who am I really in this with? 
Now, you know you never do it unless you would do it. Now, if you would do it, you shouldn't use this technique. <laughs> if you would actually harm things, don't use this technique. Matter of fact, get out of the relationship. Go be by yourself. Yeah. I but mean, if you're a person that is harmless, make them... Make them more predictable. You know the the mean where it's like, don't let them know your next move. Oh yeah. You seen the video? Make it make it the response equivalent to that shit. No, I do ask hypothetical. But What's a hypothetical you don't ask? We had a whole conversation. Well, not asked, but like, well, uh, we had a whole conversation where I was like, what if we are in hell already? Like, what if this is hell? Like, everybody, and we're just not aware of it. Wouldn't this be an amazing way to do hell? Like, having to live this life, and I thought more about it since we had that conversation, right? Because then people are going to, like, well, what happens when you die, right? If that's the question. Well, I think you just come back and you have to do this bullshit all over again. Then the next question will probably be, well, but when do you know or, like, know about your past life? I think purposefully you wouldn't know. Because think about it. You have a bunch of toddlers committed. If we came back to life and you knew all the things that you've known from all your past life and you realized that you was in a fucked up family, as soon as you able able to unalive yourself, you fucking would. I think it would be necessary for us to not be aware of each of these lives that we've lived and just have to keep coming back and dealing with bullshit. Right? And then, of course, the question of, well, why are there people that have good? Well, there has to be a tension, right? If everybody was suffering all the time, that wouldn't be the same as like being envious of like the 1% and seeing these people and feeling like maybe it's something that you're doing wrong and that's why shit ain't working out. Like, I feel like that would be necessary. And I think the people that are the 1% now, when they come back, won't be the 1%. Then they'll just be suffering with the rest of us and somebody else will get a chance to be the 1%. But I think this would be an amazing way to do hell. More amazing than what the hell is described, like hot fire and brimstone and all of that shit. Like, I feel like for a human, this version of hell would be so much more. Like, if I was God, this is what I would do. So you would <laughs> do hell like the good place does hell. Yes. I you think. just create a very irritating existence for the people that's a part of hell. And because you, you know what? In the good place, they didn't have ice cream shops. They had yogurt shops. That would be hell for me. <laughs> I'll wear the rest of my fat. What did y'all do with that shit? Bring me the rest of my fat. <laughs> Don't take the fat out of my damn cream and put it in some shit and call it some yogurt. Bring me my fat. The flavor is gone now. But yeah, the good place, yeah, that shit would be hell for me. Like, But it was and, so many, and they kept, you, you come back, you keep just coming back, and you just keep having to do this for eternity. Like, and you don't know who you're going to come back in. You're not even aware that you're coming back. You're just li reliving these existences over and over and over and over again forever. That would be much more scary as a hell than like fire and brimstone. I'm sorry. If I was God, I would be a psychological hell. I would be like... It wouldn't be. It's not more scary than that. It's more irritating. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Like... Coming back, like if happen. imagine if you were in a place where the fear that's correlated with all the scariest things you've been in a scary movie, you're in a constant state of that, and you well, never get desensitized to it. Well, all the scary eventually get these like if you no, but I mean humans get desensitized to shit, but you as an ethereal being that has gone to hell, and hell is supposed to be crafted as a place that is torturous. 
you wouldn't. It, it, it's crafted to where you always feel that fear. You never get desensitized to it because you're not a human in hell. You're a soul in hell. You're. It's different. Different rules. Yes. It would like if you could go to hell and get desensitized to fire. What the fuck would hell make mean at a certain point? But that's why I don't think it's a good setup. I think this would be a much better setup. But it would it would only be not a better setup if you did get desensitized. It would be a better setup than this if you never got desensitized. I guess. They don't really mention that in the good book. So I don't exactly. know. Exactly. Like, I don't know who came up with that lake of fire shit. I don't know. But and is it a whole lake? Like, what is it like? Can you swim in it? So is it actual water with fire on top of it? Or is it just fire all the way down that you can somehow swim in? I don't know. Why would they call it a lake of fire instead of just like a a fucking crevice of fire or a trench of fire? (laughs) That's a lake. (laughs) I don't know. Like, if it's a lake of fire, can you, like, swim down to the bottom to where it's cool? Or is the whole thing fucking, like, boiling, boiling? And if that's the case, why don't they call it a fucking boiling pot of fucking fire water instead of, like, a lake? I see this the kind of shit that make people stop asking me questions, even in this conversation. But <laughs> but I want to make sure but that so you know. I do ask them, but not like... No, 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 no. Because this ain't that. This is a philosophical dialogue. This is a spiritual debate. This is a religious conversation. This ain't just fucking rant. Like, the kind of questions you're talking about, it'll be like, so how, how would you feel if I got my butthole bleached and instead of just evening out the color of my butthole, it got too light, so the inside of my butthole looked like a white girl butthole, but the rest of me was black. <laughs> That's the kind of shit. That's the you know what I'm like that's the kind of shit that be that's being talked about. It ain't like reasonable hypotheticals. It's unreasonable hypotheticals. It's shit that has such a low statistical prob- probability of happening that answering it seems and feels stupid. Talking about whether we in hell or not, Tupac talked about that shit. But I feel like that's the kind of question. I really do. Huh? I feel like it's a possibility. I feel like. And all of these Christians running around like trying to get into heaven, not realizing that they like how do they already know? What's it what is it the um listen, y'all? Tupac's lyric is we probably in hell already. Our dumb ass is not knowing. Everybody kissing ass to go to heaven ain't going. Put my soul on it. I'm fighting devil niggas daily. Press the media be crucifying brother Savelli. I mean, that shit been covered. Yep. <laughs> I mean, probably way before Tupac, he probably went, read some old Machiavellian time shit and got like the you know, 1400s version of his shit and, you know, repackaged it as it's been done over and over and over in time. Yeah. Now they're talking about, are we living in a simulation? Like, it's very, it's possible for this to be a simulation. Kind of like, and I don't know if we went into this in that conversation, but kind of like that episode of Rick and Morty where he had the battery, car battery universe. Yes, we did. You did. If a universe, if we are in a simulation, it would be something akin to that. It would be a species that is much more higher, uh, in a higher hierarchy than us, created a thing where we can be existing the way we do, and it's just a simulation. It's just a video. Like, the same way that we, as a species, can create Grand Theft Auto, Yeah. what if, at a point in our future, we could create a Grand Theft Auto, but that whole world, we could add uh, uh, such a deeply 
integrated sentience in that world to those fake characters that they believe that they're living in that world. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it kind of me like if you don't watch Rick and Morty, there's an episode where he created a universe that really basically lives inside of a box that powers his car. And, and then when, they created smaller universes. Yeah. Things for them. So when <laughs> his car stopped you. working, he went in to go see why his car stopped working. And it's because they stopped working because they got a universe below them to do the things that they needed done to work for them. And it was a whole chain of a bunch of the bunch smartest of people in all of those universes doing the same thing. And at the end of the day, Rick had to get out of his car. He had to get out of that universe and his car needed to be working because that universe knew that if he got out of his car didn't work, he wouldn't have no use for the universe. He just destroyed everything. Exactly. So they made, they had to make, when he got out, they had to make sure that his battery, car battery was working for them to continue <laughs> to exist. So they had to go back. So if we were in a simulation, it would be something like that. Like, and even if we're not in the simulation, can we at some point create a world in which the people in that world believe that they exist. Because then they would be having the conversation about being in a simulation that we are having now, except they would actually be the ones in the simulation. And then that begins the question, could they then at some point in a, a linear history become smart enough to create a simulation for themselves? For their simulation, <laughs> right? So it gets into that same like, it gets into that same cycle of what was being explained in that episode of Rick and Morty without saying it. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a, I think that's a reasonable conversation to have. <laughs> I think that conversation makes sense. That's a good thought exercise for somebody. You know what I'm saying? But asking me if, if I go buy a Build-A-Bear from the Build-A-Bear and I put the heart in it and the heart was cursed and we had a bear at the house and it woke <laughs> up and it just started and you went in the kitchen and it was cooking eggs one day, what would you do? <laughs> Shit like that. Yeah. Too much. I, I don't like again, and you know, my strategy of how to answer that question is I'll see if you want to have a threesome with it. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'll see if you want to have a threesome with the bell. Like they is it like a bed do it like do it mouth work, do it stick his tongue out? We'll see how I feel with you. I bet she won't ask you that shit no more. She will not. <laughs> <laughs> if she believe you serious, she won't ask that shit no more. That's how you handle that kind of That's how you handle that kind of shit. Hilarious. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, dude, apologize. Explain it to her in a better way. But I, I wouldn't call you an asshole. I think you just got frustrated with something that most people will get frustrated with. Because what the fuck are you even talking about with these questions? What the fuck? Shut up. Don't get frustrated, y'all. Get even. I don't listen to him. <laughs> do not. If you are trying to maintain a relationship with these, do not listen to own point. Don't I mean, listen. you don't have to go as far as I'm saying, like with threesomes and with, you know, murdering animals. You know what I'm saying? But you need to make them asking that question as uncomfortable for them as you are irritated. People are I just looked at the comments. Like, y'all really be dragging it sometimes. The first question, or the first response, you're the asshole. Her annoying questions are a part of who she is and how she connects with you. If you find this to be useless shit, you don't love who she is. When you said you needed a break from it, you were telling her you needed a break from her. 
this was incredibly cruel. If she doesn't dump you, you should do her a favor and break up with her. I don't see how she ever gets past this, even if she pretends that she has. Okay, you're dragging it, ma'am. You're dragging it. No, that that. that shit can be exclusionary criteria for somebody. He he could be in the early phases of expressing, I don't think that this is something I could really tolerate in my relationships. Yeah. He can break up with her because of that if he want to. Like, he don't got to be with her just because that's how she is. There's plenty of people out there. And matter of fact, I went on a date with somebody who, they talked a lot. But you can't tell how much somebody actually talks when the bulk of the conversation be on on text and through dating apps. So when we finally met, she was just shotgunning thoughts. Shotgunning thoughts. And it wouldn't surprise me if she was in a manic episode. It really wouldn't surprise me if she was in a manic episode. We went to a goddamn breakout room, and when I tell you, she was she her brain was so somewhere else. She was talking about like the decorations on the wall that didn't have nothing to do with nothing. <laughs> she was bringing up TV shows that she this wanted to watch. While we're here, we're and I'm like, <laughs> I'm new to her, so I don't want to be like, listen, we got sixty minutes to get out of this damn room. I need you to take this serious, like this damn dough ain't really. Something you can walk out of when you get ready. Like, imagine that if we don't get out of this bitch, gas gonna release in the room and we gonna fucking die. <laughs> Act like that for me right now for this 60 minutes. You know what I'm saying? I, I am so I was like, I could never be in a relationship with a person that's yeah. like that to that degree. But also, one of my previous relationships was a partner where I was always the speaker and she was always the audience. I also can't be in a relationship where a person never speaks their mind. And, you know, what she did was she'll say, what do you think about it? When I would ask her a question and I say what I think about it and she agree with me. Like she never seemed to have to talk to something that ain't going to respond. I just talked to this damn dog. Yeah. And that was you. um, She was a great person. But that was not something that I could see myself being in that was sustainable for the long term. You know, listen, this Reddit thread devolved into the exact same conversation we just had. I kid you fucking not. This lady said that her husband asked them, and let me see, let me get back to, my husband asked them too, but my favorite one that he asked is going is what's going to happen to religion if they find advanced, in a, an advanced alien civilization? How are they going to explain that? And this devolved into a, a conversation about religion and like existence and <laughs> happened. And what happens if aliens have their own religions going by the approach of the advanced humans on Earth towards those who don't share their belief system? We should hope that any missionaries from planet Zog give our planet a miss. (laughs) I heard from a couple of priests that the Bible doesn't say that God didn't create aliens, so no problem. Like, it just devolved into a religious existential conversation in the thread, too. (laughs) That's just funny to me. The (laughs) same thing happened. (laughs) Damn, that's what happens. <laughs> oh God, but yeah, uh, I think that's all. Are we at time? We are at time. Okay. What else you got, got on your mind? Um. Do you watch Avatar? I watched the first one, and I. Okay, visually, Avatar is beautiful. Plot wise, meh. So. When they were coming out with the second one, I was just like, kind of like, why? I mean, I guess it left where I don't, I've only watched it once. 
that's just to let you know how I feel about it. I watched that movie one time. I do think it left on like a place where they could have continued, but like it wasn't, it just, the plot wasn't it for me. Like unobtainium, that's the, the name you chose for the fucking thing that they're trying to get from this. That's the, that's the name of it? Unobtainium. <laughs> Look it up. I kid you not. That's the fucking name of the thing that they're trying to like resource from this place. They might as well name that shit Can't Get It's Delights. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? What? I've never seen none of the Avatar shit. Plot-wise, it was not. It was trash. It was a beautiful movie, though. Like visually, probably one of the most beautiful movies I've seen, especially at that time. Now, mind you, Avatar at this point is what fifteen years old. Like well, I forgot when the first. It's been a long time since that first one. Um, but. You know, uh, man, I don't care enough. The plot didn't grab me, and I, it's plenty of like visually appealing movies that have good plots for me to sit and watch. I, Avatar was like two and a half hours or some shit. That was a long fucking movie with a stupid ass plot. Like, do you know? But basically, there's a basically planet. Planet colonization. There's a planet that has this unobtainium that Earth wants, so they send in these avatars. These people that are connected to machinery that sends in, uh, that sends their consciousness in with these things that look like the aliens on this planet. And so the goal was to like get immersed enough into the planet for them to discover how to be able to go and basically just steal resources from this planet. And then, of course, one of them fall in love with one of the little aliens. It just, eh. It was meh. I'm sorry. They named shit like Rick and Morty, goddamn. Yeah. Rick yeah. and Morty named shit so just so obviously <laughs> unobtainium. Unobtainium. Make sure I'm saying that right. Um, but I think that's what it was. I, if um, I was watching this movie by myself, I'd stop watching it at that point. So what? If I was watching that movie by myself, I'd stop watching it at that point. I cut that shit off. <laughs> Unobtainium? Hell no. They didn't even try to be creative. Or they tried to put an Easter egg in there that's so irritating to be in there that it turning fans off. Like I'm I don't want to see that shit now. Unobtainium is the name of it. If that was correct, yeah. Um so I I need a plot. Like I can't just watch something that's pretty. And the plot of the first one was so trash that it just does not lead me to believe that the again, it's probably gonna be a very visually appealing movie. It's probably going to be very beautiful because the world they created for this alien planet was gorgeous and like the creatures and all of that shit. But like, I can't sit through two and a half hours of some shit just because it's pretty. I'm I'm just not going to dedicate that amount of my lifespan <laughs> to that Avatar movie. So yeah, I don't give a fuck about Avatar. Uh, and the original I watched once. And I'm sad because I believe I have a DVD of it. This is back when I was like really into building a DVD. Y'all, I got like hundreds of DVDs. And I think I I would buy DVDs before I watched the movie. And so I bought it thinking, oh, every, you know, was talking about it. And I watched that movie once. I mm. watched it one time and I owned it <laughs> and could watch it as many times as I want to. But the plot was just really terrible. But yeah, mm. they're basically trying to steal unobtainium from a planet of aliens by sneaking in and, and pretending to be the alien. So I, I'm not watching the second one. 
Like, I um, somebody had to do a badass review that, like, says, oh, all the plot holes of the first one were filled, and it's amazing. And even then, I still probably wouldn't watch that shit, to be honest. Um, Have you seen all of Rick and Morty this season? I have not. Have you seen any of Rick and Morty this season? Like, first four or five episodes? It's finished now. They All of them have been released. Okay. It's a good season. I mean, it's a good season. And it's so impressive. I don't think that people think it. Like, imagine the minds that you have to have to create that shit in Rick and Morty. Like, that's amazing to me. Not only that, and I don't know if they did this on purpose. I think they did. The layers of how they've created skepticism about who the real people are. Who the real Rick, who the real... Um, yeah, who is the Rickest Rick? 40, yeah. who, first Who's off, who Rick? is the Rickest Rick? Who is the very original Rick who had... who uh, um, His wife and Beth were killed. Mm-hmm. And which Rick was the one that actually came in to kill them? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think the evil Rick that we was introduced to in this one is probably the Rick that actually came back and killed his family. Mm. Um, but I don't think Morty ain't the original Morty. Jerry clearly ain't the original Jerry. Universe C-137 is the one that turned Cronenberg. Oh, yeah. It's, it's so many different... Also, C-137 is the earth where original rick was born where his family did live i don't know they i don't know if they did that on purpose but they just got it's a whole bunch of people online who just are debating and trying to figure out which is going on and what's going on and what evidence they got from the shows and and i feel like that's a a good testament to how fucking good that show is if you could create conversation like that outside of the episode where people are like because one it's not that they're just confused. It's not that all they, but it's like they there's so much to that series, and you want to understand it, like because it's so fucking interesting. Um, Rick and Morty is awesome. It's amazing. Hold on, let me see these episodes because I want to ask if you saw a specific episode because it was a really really good episode to me. You no, know, I don't. Did you episode? Did you see the Night People episode? No. Damn. That's a good ass episode. That that was a creative ass episode. Um, I can't remember the rest of them. Um, Rick and Morty is awesome. If y'all listen, yeah. you ain't never watched Rick and Morty. It's such a good show. <laughs> but a lot of the episodes in this season are are good because they clearly this whole series they've been using portal guns, and at the beginning of this season, the his portal gun was broken, so he can't do nothing with it. So they had to do things that correlate with Rick and Morty type of adventures, but them not not number one not being able to travel to different parallel universes, but also not being able to get out of situations as easy as just like using a portal gun. Portal gun and out, yeah. So it seems like this was a season to challenge the writers not to make this shit like look the same, feel the same. How can we make this show different while still keeping the elements of Rick and Morty intact? Yeah. Phenomenal. But anyway, that being said, do you have anything else on your mind? Uh, I don't think so. No, I do not. 
All right. Well, until we come to the next conversation, we out. Holla.